if we use the promo code dangle at manscaped.com, do we get an automatic buy to the second round of the NHL playoffs? I spoke to what? Manscaped uh-huh. and they said yes. They said yes. That's not how So the that Leafs, works. we guarantee that the but Leafs beat the Lightning them. if you use the promo code dangle. Okay. And 20% off and free shipping. Yeah. We can't guarantee the, the Leafs part, but we can guarantee the 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping to the second round. Pro, pro, promo code DANGLE, manscaped.com. Let's do it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Listen, all I want to know, I want to know how you're feeling. I just want to know how you're feeling, especially if you're a Leafs fan. I want to know how you're feeling. Is this going to show up on camera? I just want to see. Here. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can do that. My, my sweaty palms. Yeah, uh, it's only a little print. Your knees weak, arms heavy. It's oh man! And last night, mom's spaghetti. Really? No. Okay, that's good. So, are you feeling okay? I had Leo's penne because he didn't eat it. Oh, that's good. It's great. He refused, so he had Cheerios mm-hmm. for dinner. I am. Uh, my my feeling heading into these Stanley Cup playoffs is so different from years past. It's so different from years past because I, listen, if you saw my Leaf series preview video on my channel, if you saw my uh, full bracket video on the Sportsnet channel, I didn't tell you the full story. I was taking Iggy for a walk the other day, not listening to anything. I was just... And you threw out your back. It was just vibes. No, hey, my back's been fine for months now. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I have a morning routine that involves dead bug and glute bridges. It's a okay. Some band work. Working on that glute mead, right? It's all about the glute mead. I don't know what that is, but anyway, it's well, curls get the girls, but there's no, there's nothing that rhymes well with glute mead. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had a vision while I was walking, Iggy. And they're going to win the cup. What? They're going to win the cup this year. That is not what I was expecting you to say. I had the vision. So (laughs) it's not me living and dying by every game. Although it will be me living and dying by every game. But like in years past, it was a battle waking up the morning of game one. And then all day thinking about game one. And then experiencing game one and Mm -hmm. then breaking down game one. And then the next day living in the echo of game one only to give birth to game two. 
I don't think it's going to be like that this year because I am not trapped in the present. I have seen into the future. They're going to win the series and they're going to win the cup. It came to me in a vision. I'm telling you it's going to happen. From on high. From on high. You're like Constantine the Great as he took on the barbaric tribes in, in northern Italy that's so to funny. reclaim the Eastern Roman Empire. I think that's how it went. I'd have probably not. Bizarre that you said and that. that he that's was exactly a, what I thought. A battlefield convert to Christianity. I also thought about Constantine Barulin or whoever you were talking about. <laughs> Constantine the Great. Constantine the Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is this a bit? Do you no. actually feel... Do you, it's you it's feel, a bit the truth. <laughs> you feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. That's your pick for the Stanley Cup this Legitimately, year. that's my pick. Based on being a fan of the team or based on what you evaluate as a hockey analyst that you are? If I if I picked them because I was a fan of the team, I would have picked them every year. And I don't. I've never I picked them every year. I've, I've never picked them once. <laughs> Adam does. I never bet against the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's bad juju. If you can't you do that. Go back to every single bracket. Because we do them every year, the bracket yep. challenges. Every single bracket Adam's ever put together has the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. Cannot bet against your own team. <laughs> I don't. I've uh, For the Sportsnet bracket, I've had them get out of the first round once, I think. Oh, so you'd be pretty accurate. You, your record yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I was bet, only I, wrong once. I yeah. bet the guess was Montreal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, no. But So yeah. in your Sportsnet bracket, you have the least winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I do. Okay. And I'm sure I got made fun of and everything, but it's literally the first time. Now, producer Drew was very quick to point out that I have never had the cup final right once. Oh. <laughs> and oh, he was celebrating. He was celebrating big time because the last two years I've had the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. In fact, I think I've had the same cup final the last two years, the Avs versus the Hurricanes. Oh, God. And this year I did dude, looking You've been very wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but if you look back at like before the season it's okay. No, I know. They weren't, they, weren't, oh, awesome. they weren't crazy picks. They just simply ended up being wrong. No, they were you, you know what I mean? Picks. You know what I mean? Like, no, but Great job. I, I thought so. I I saw it from on high. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. No abs in the cup final this year. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I we, suppose we'll go through the full bracket. I don't need to do it all right now. We will go for the, for They're the, gonna win. the full bracket. They're going to win the cup. Uh, Keep cool. Keep cool, everyone. They're going to do it. Jesse, do you want me to send you all of our brackets so you can throw them up on screen, or do you just want to go through them? Let's just go through. Okay. Them. Also, we're not going to we're not going to start at the brackets. We're going to go that later. But if you do happen to hear this before the playoffs actually start, please sign up for the bracket. It's at sdpn.ca, or you can uh, check out the SDPN Sports Twitter account. Yeah, I and I believe it's on our website. It's not. No. Oh, I thought Robert told me that it was. My bad. Okay, so oh, it's yeah. not. Just check I out the know. SDPN Sports <laughs> uh, 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 Twitter account. Link is there, and if the link doesn't work, the password is Dangle. Kind of like the promo code. Wow! Isn't that crazy how you we get did that? Twenty percent off your free bracket. That's right. Um, there are over a thousand people in it at last I checked, and that was yesterday morning. So I think that's uh, probably ballooned, which is awesome. I'm so excited to see where everybody finishes. And what I always love when we go th when we do this, and we haven't done it for a couple of years, is f finding out where Steve and Jesse and I finished. Which is like, you were 688. <laughs> Congratulations. Jesse was like. You got in the top 400, well didn't you? Like, yeah, you were, I think yeah. not last year, but the year before, you I had like, a really good bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, into that. It's all half of it's luck. Oh, like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. So people were getting on Modest. me about my bracket. And we'll get into it later, but I was like, guys, like, really? <laughs> like, oh, this is a dumb, no, stupid, dumb. You're stupid, about. dumbing. Um, Jesse, yeah. how are you feeling as a Leafs fan? I want to know how you're feeling. 
I, don't, I haven't been this excited for a playoffs in a while. Like, it feels like it's mm. been a couple of years. I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs in general. Like, I, my next two months are blocked off every night. I got NHL hockey to watch, which is just amazing. Uh, Stay up late for those West Coast games, too. Oh, I'm so jealous. But um, to do that. in terms of this series, it's just more for me. It's more excitement than nerves. I don't I know think what to year. expect at all. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's such a different challenge than going up against uh, Columbus or Montreal. Because in those series, uh, you look at the, you're like, okay, the Leafs are gonna they're gonna do it, but they're also not going to do it because it's the Leafs, and I don't know how they're gonna overcome their own hurdle of being themselves. Or Boston, at very least, you know exactly what to expect every time. Yeah, and this time it's such a different challenge for this group because they're back to back Stanley Cup champions, but. We don't really know what to expect at anybody, so I'm just I'm just waiting to see what happens. I think uh, I think I'm along those lines too. Like I'm very zen. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna have fun. You know, I think it's gonna be fun. I think the Leafs had a great year this year. I think last year and the year before and the year before that, there was a significant amount of anxiety that came from other places. Like if you look at, you know, it started with when Tavares signed and then Nylander held out to December, and then we got then we had to have the conversation about the Matthews contract and Mitch Marner's agent you know, blasting it in the press. And then Mitch Marner holding out to like two days before the training camp. And then Mike Babcock not coaching the team properly and their defense not being that strong. And then, and then, and and then COVID and, 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 and then they didn't beat Montreal. And so for me this year, it's like, this is a great team. Unfortunately, Bunting can't play game one. It looks like. It looks like. Kasha is a game time decision. And I know they're pissed off. And I know they got Montreal, like that bothered them. That drove them. They talk about that. And I've got some quotes for you guys in a second. But I think what's exciting here, and this might be hilarious posterity-wise, like if the Leafs come out and lay an egg and it's like 8 nothing, you're going to look at this segment tomorrow and be like, this is this uh, these three idiots. I but, mean, it's game one. But I do feel like super zen about it. I actually feel like this team really has seen the deepest depths. Mm-hmm. They started in last place, really. Mm-hmm. And and I've, we've seen loss after loss after loss, but there's a certain kind of, not comfort, but it's like, I've I've had my heart broken before. I think I'd like to find out what it's like to to not have to, that happen. Yeah, and it's not in a negative <laughs> way. Like I'm ready, and I feel like they're ready. And and I'm I'm going into the play. Well, uh, I'm I'm going into the playoffs with a true, truly different feeling for the Leafs opponent than I've had before. Not to say I didn't respect the Montreal Canadiens or the Columbus Blue Jackets. You did Boston not respect Bruins. the Montreal Canadiens. No, I disrespected them. Well, I respect the lore of the Montreal Canadiens, but the team, I was like, oh, they're not very good. Um, uh, I, I have a true reverence for the Tampa Bay Lightning and an understanding that the Leafs have the privilege, the honest-to-goodness privilege of playing the back-to-back reigning Stanley Cup champions. It is a a unique privilege to play the reigning Stanley Cup champions in the first round because it is a true it's a test. test of what you have. You're starting, uh, you know, this is the final boss on level one. And, you know, for anyone who's listening to this in hindsight, we don't know what's going to happen in game one. Let's say the Leafs get completely killed. You know who got killed in game one last year? Uh, Montreal when they took on Vegas. <laughs> yeah, they lost that game like five one. And then I famously said they'll never win another game this playoffs because <laughs> that's how it looked. <laughs> Idiot. That's how it looked though. It did. They didn't. They weren't in that for a, a, a moment. Let me tell. Can I read for you guys the quote that Kyle Dubas had right after the game seven loss? 
in Montreal. I said hi to him on Friday. Did you? Yeah, he said hi back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were both at the game. By the way, Friday's game, Steve and I both went to game 82 for different reasons. And uh, there ended up being an extra seat next to us. So Steve came and sat with Natalie and I. But it was uh, one of the most fun Leaf games I've ever gone to. Because first off, Willie was like dominant. And yeah. secondly, it was mostly fans in the crowd. And families and people were dancing and they were taking their shirts off and throw, yeah. swinging them around. Very few. I, I feel bad for Natalie because very few people paid to be there. Right. I think a lot yeah, we of did. season seat holders <laughs> gave that away. Yep. And yep. here you go. No. Welcome to the dregs, peasants. And they threw, threw away those free tickets. No Matthews, but Marner, exactly, Marchand, Bergeron, that sort of thing, right? That's exactly the sort of game that my neighbors would have given to me and my mom to go to. And, you know, I got to tell you, it was it was so much fun. And so it was nice to see Scotiabank rocking like that on Game 82. Huge ovation to, for the team after, you know, once the final whistle went. Uh, but here's what Kyle Dubas said after the Game 7 loss last year. For better or worse, I believe in this group. I believe that they are going to get it done and that they are going to win. I understand that this comes with certain doubts because we have not broken through in the playoffs. But it is my belief that they will. I believe in them as players. I believe in them as people. I know that the decision lies on me and the risk is for me to go ahead that way. I am comfortable with it. I believe that we are going to see the best version of this group next season that we have seen yet. I am willing to bet everything on that. And as far as the regular season goes, this is the best regular season the Leafs have ever had. 115 points. It's a similar feeling to last year where I'm like, I don't know what I would have done differently. I don't know what they could have done differently to be better. Um, you know, maybe shore up the backup position, mm -hmm. but I really don't know what they could have done uh, differently. I would have got a goaltender. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one thing. <laughs> I would have got a starting goaltender yeah. at the trade deadline. Yeah. Sounds like something. I think Jack's been good. Yeah, but they had the worst save. They had the bottom five save percentage for three straight months. I know. Yeah. But I, I look at it. I've really isolated March and April uh, because that's when everyone's trying to play their best mm -hmm. hockey and the Leafs have. <laughs> the Leafs mm -hmm. have, and, and, and they so has Jack. And they survived a bad save percentage, which you're going to need to do in the playoffs. Yeah, but then right. we're rewarded with a good one. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think they survived with Jack. They survived with Eric Schalgren. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. J Jack only played, what, less than double-digit games towards the end of the season? Yeah, but the games he did play were very good. Yes. And yes. like part of that is by design, right? Like, they kept him mm -hmm. rested. He didn't play the ridiculous Game 82. He didn't play Game 80, I don't think, either. Here's what uh, Jake Muzzin said. And by the way, I'm, I'm pulling these quotes from a Luke Fox article. There's a really long read that he, the long form things that Sportsnet does every once in a while. He I talked. He sums, painted it so well. Oh, sums up the season beautifully. Doomed or do. Um, Muzzin. Guys were pissed off. We came, into, uh, we came into camp to work. It wasn't just going through the motions. It was to get better. There was a little anger in some guys. And, you know, I, I think Tavares and... Wayne Simmons talked about the meeting at the cottage mm -hmm. and they did start. They kind of sputtered at the beginning. First 10 games were, I think, you know, they were about very ho-hum. Yeah. But then it started to kind of take off. And um, it was interesting to hear what Keith had to say after game 82. He said, almost to a man, we've had guys having career years here offensively and defens defensively. I think we're feeling good. And the other thing he said was, I expect this series to be borderline violent. Now, he talks about um, 
that that he watched the Florida, uh, Tampa, the all the Florida Cup basically uh, yep. last year, and he said Tampa was in scrums after every whistle. See, a lot of people call that gamesmanship. No, that's an accurate portrayal of that series. It was a violent series, an incredibly violent series that bled into the preseason. Remember, the, didn't they have like a line brawl? Yeah. In the last hate each preseason other. game. That's the Stanley Cup champions and the team that... Did the Panthers win the President's Trophy? Yeah, I believe they did. This year, yeah. Right? So those are two of the best teams in the league, you know, potentially risking the first few months of their season with, you know, busted wrists and broken hands mm -hmm. on a preseason game. <laughs> yeah. But those are violent teams that, that hate each other. And, I mean, uh, is Keefe not just preparing the Leafs for something that happens every bloody year? Every single year. But this Something year, like that, that does, it, does it not feel like they're better prepared for it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. They're so much more willing to... It, like Tampa, Tampa was not always the aggressor. I would say less than half the time they were the aggressor in uh, certain fighting situations. What helped them and what gave them an advantage is they were better than you, skill-wise, and they didn't back down from the aggression. Right, so this year, I mean, who's who's going to be the aggressor? Simmons, Clifford, maybe Bunting. There's not much else. Mm -hmm. But Simmons isn't afraid. Clifford isn't afraid. Bunting isn't afraid. Mikheyev has all of a sudden gotten a bee in his bonnet. Camp isn't afraid. Engvall isn't afraid. Um, you know, I don't think Matthews or Tavares are going to fight. But they'll get in there. Mm -hmm. Riley's not fucking afraid at all. No, he he jumped. Uh, well, he's jumped one of the Boston players on. Uh, no. in, you know, I forget what he who it was. Riley's but. been in the Leafs organization since 2012. He's looking for an excuse to kick someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Muzzin, Brody, uh, Labushkin. Uh, this and Giordano's not afraid of anybody. And Jack Campbell, known as the the best fighter of them all. Don't get in his crease or he'll beat shit out of you. No, I, I just, they're, they're a different group and it's not something that's particularly obvious. It's just something that you need to see in action. Castro is going to play tonight, by the way. He is. That's confirmed. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Pretty good news. Wow. And I mean, that's that great. guy's not afraid either, but if anyone gives him so much as a face wash, you have to confetti gloves and beat the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, you can't touch on your Kasha. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, it makes the lineup decisions for uh for Keith so much easier too right oh. you get that sort of just alleviation of who do we put where is this you know because without Kasha you're gonna and without Bunting you're gonna have a bit of an awkward line somewhere in the lineup uh but with Kasha in that's great so he played well against the Lightning this year I'm gonna ask you guys two questions I'm gonna ask you tell me how the Leafs can win this and we're gonna focus on that <laughs> and then my next question will be tell me how the Leafs don't win this so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna war game both scenarios here. If the Leafs are to win, what needs to happen? The Leafs avoid chaos um, because you know they're painted as this young run and gun team, and no, that's not what they are at all. If you watch the Leafs when they play their best hockey, it is controlled, it is slow, it is methodical, right? It's not this fly by to the seat of your pants. That's the Panthers. The Panthers play like that. To an extent... The They're wild. The Panthers are wild. Yeah. To an extent, the Avalanche play like that. 
The Hurricanes do it in a half chaos, half robotic sort of way. But the the Leafs it, uh, are are very uh, cr- let's say creatively intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're creative with their intents, you know. So there will be a plan. They'll maybe deviate uh, from it a bit. Um, they have to go to the net, which they've greatly improved at this season. They have to always have two guys back, which they've greatly improved at this season. And they can't let the game get away from them in those moments. So this is how they lose. Tampa Bay is the sort of team that can hold score. That. Actually, so, you know what? I want you to I want you to hold on that. I just okay. want to go how they win first, and we're gonna go around the room and then how they lose. That's how they, how they win is is I think pretty simple. Like it's we we keep looking at it like there's this ridiculous secret formula. <laughs> That the Leafs just haven't cracked the code. Like, literally just play good hockey. Like, it's all very simple. We have uh, Kerfoot, Matthews, Marner on the first line. Mikheyev, Tavares, Kasha on the second. Nylander, Kampf, Engvall on the third. Good. And then a pretty tough line. Clifford, Blackwell, Simmons on the fourth. And you would expect that Blackwell is going to drive most of the play on that fourth line uh, with Clifford and Simmons uh, just being the... the um, the 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 dust cloud with a bunch of fists coming out of it. Uh, Blackwell's job is to dump the puck into the corner, hold it there long enough for the other two to come and squish whoever he's battling with. Right there, you go. Yeah, Jesse. Same qu- same question. If if the Leafs are going to win this series, mm-hmm. what needs to happen? Uh, for me, it's what didn't happen last year because I think if if Marner, Matthews, Nylander. Well, Nylander showed up last year. Tavares, who didn't get to play in the series. If the big guys show up offensively, I don't see how they have a chance. I think if you if you get all of the goals that you're getting during the regular season from Austin Matthews, you get those in the playoffs, and they get out to early leads. They're very good at winning games once they are up heading into the third period, despite what everybody thinks happens in their brains. The Leafs are good uh, at front running. They're good closers? They're, they're good at front running in games when they get leads. And if that happens, for me, it's the, it's the goal scoring. If Matthews shows up, like I don't see how they don't win the series in like six or seven games. So for me, for the Leafs to win this, it's... All of those things are true. I agree with all of them. To me, it's the health of Jack Campbell. Where is Jack Campbell at? Because let's not forget, Tampa's got some serious firepower. But Jack Campbell had a spectacular, amazing start and then got hurt. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of time to sit. Had a lot of time to rest. There was many times in late February, early March, we would have loved to have Jack Campbell back even slightly hurt. However, it's good that he took the time off that he has because he's come back and he's been great. And really, this is... You know, with Vasilevsky staring you down on the other end, you want to make sure that you got a goalie who can lock it down, and he's looked very, very solid. He has. So, that brings me to the next question. Guys, tell me how the Leafs don't win this. If they don't win this, what happened? Well, Campbell gets hurt. I think that's a big issue. Because, like, even, let's say Vasilevsky and Jack Campbell both go down in the first minute tonight. Uh, Then you have Brian Elliott. Who's had a 9-12 save percentage? It's been very good. Four points removed from Vasilevsky. He's still playing. Which, <laughs> yeah, who's still playing? Right now, he's still playing hockey, and I believe re-signed for next year versus Eric Shelgren. Um, now, the the one thing I will say in Shelgren's favor is he actually had kind of a ho hum regular season in Sweden last year, and then the playoffs came around, and I believe mm-hmm. he was playoff MVP. Yes, on route to a victory. So you know, maybe the the same way that players find another level he could find another level the other is they let the game get away with, uh from them yeah they allow the chaos um to get the best of them because tampa is exactly the kind of team 
who you can play a great game against them for 58 minutes, but they score three goals against you in those two minutes that you took off. Right? Yeah. So, so you got to be engaged the whole time. You got to be engaged the whole time. You can't take a single minute off because Tampa will eat you alive. And I think it's a pretty fair thing to say for both teams, but I'm going to say this for the Leafs. Uh, stay out of the box. Hmm. Stay out of the box. So the Kyle Clifford insertion in the lineup will be interesting. You just, you got to be careful. Like there's no one saying you can't hit. No one saying you can't be rough. No one saying, even, even the after the whistle stuff, it's the playoffs. They're going to take one of you and one of them, right? <laughs> just watch the sticks. Don't be dumb with the sticks. They're going to call trips. They're going to call hooks. They're, they're going to call. They're going to call retaliation. The easy ones. Yep. Yep. They're going to call the easy ones. Stay out of the box. I really like the Leafs penalty kill. I think it's one of their strengths, but I think Tampa is a really good counter to it because they, what I noticed in that eight, one defeat anyway, and you know, maybe that's just the one game is they really kept the Leafs bunched up and that's a problem. You don't want the Leafs bunched up. They're at their best when they're flying around. They keep you wide. They keep you to the perimeter. Then you're making these longer passes. They pick you off. They fly the other way, and they get a scoring chance. So they want to keep you spread. They want to keep you spread. I don't think they're going to be able to do that as effectively against Tampa. Jesse, if if the Leafs don't win this, what would have, will have happened? For me, it's less about the goaltending because I made the point before. They won in spite of having less than 900% goaltending all season long. So I'm not worried about them. Uh, even if Campbell were to go down, I think they could they could hold their own with Shalgren. For me, it's if Tampa shows up, like if Tampa ah, yeah. just if they play as the back to back defending uh, Stanley Cup champions, how does any team against them have a have a chance? Like the the core that has won two straight Stanley Cups is all still there. The mm-hmm. defense is intact, minus like Zach Bogosian. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the entire offense is they've rebuilt their third line. They don't have that anymore, but they have a new third line that's just as solid. It's very good. Like there's a and Hagel added to that. Who has the who has twenty goals from that line? Um, I forget which one of them put up 20 goals oh, this year. Uh, um, friggin' uh, Ross Colton. The, yeah. Col- Colton, yeah. the 20s goal score yeah. on that line. 22. Yeah, I didn't look up the stats, but like they, they're just as good as they were last year. And going into the playoffs, uh, the, the theme is, oh, Tampa's struggling going in. They've struggled the last two years going into the playoffs. They, yeah. If you look at their records, they've had terrible records heading into each. In the, at the shutdown of the pandemic, they had a terrible record at the end of the regular season there. I think it was they lost seven out of their last 10 games going in there. Wow. And then last season, um, they were like 500 heading into the playoffs. And then when the playoffs happen, Victor Hedman's like, okay, it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm Victor Hedman. I'm going to show up and play 59 minutes tonight, and this is going to be my game. Mm-hmm. And that that the left side of the fence, they're all still there. Ridiculous. Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev. They're gonna they're gonna if they want to shut down the Leafs, they can and they will. And that's how they're going to win. Is Tampa just plays their game, and when Tampa's playing their game, there's not a single hockey team on earth that can beat Tampa. So you got to get so, them off their game. Yeah. You have to get out early. You got to hopefully cross your fingers that they don't play to their level that they're capable of, or you play a different game where you can shut them down. When it comes to the shenanigans, no team has done in the last two years. When it comes to the shenanigans, it's almost like the Leafs have to be the aggressor. Sure. And you got to go at Kucherov every single shift. And one of you is going to be, have to be the sacrificial lamb, unfortunately, because you can get him off the game, uh, off his game. And he's going to respond by doing something genuinely reprehensible to you and getting suspended mm-hmm. because uh, playoff suspensions and playoff fines are, are, uh, he is no stranger to that. He is a, I, I, firing. 
fiery, greasy as shit. Like, I'm not saying it out of disrespect. Like, he's one of the best players in the world. He gets targeted all the time. We talk about, you know, Matthews, why doesn't he stick up for himself? And McDavid became Captain Elbow. Uh, Kucherov will just try to remove a limb from your body. No, like, say it. Kucherov's low-key dirty in the playoffs. Low-key? There's high no key. <laughs> low-key. The highest key on the piano. Yeah, 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 blatantly in, in high definition. No, yeah, yeah, you seem like you didn't want to say it. No, he's, he's, a, he's a dirty player who, and like, listen, I'm not pretending like the Leafs are all saints, but you can get him off his game. You can get him off his game. You can take Nikita him Kucherov, you can get him off his game. Absolutely. Now, no. you could also engage him, and he goes into God yeah. mode, but you can't be in God mode when you're suspended for the next game. All right. mm, I don't think we're talking about Kadri here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got a little bit of he it does, in him. A little got, red mist. He's got that red mist. So, so for me, and I think it, I'm, I'm going to jump on what Jesse's point was, I think it comes down to confidence here. And, and what, what happens is that Tampa gets into a style... And then it's almost impossible to remove them from it. And and Jesse said it, right? It was sort of like they get the they play their Tampa hockey and it comes down to there's a swagger to it. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's not like overconfident. It's like, no, we're just going to steam. It's like watching a steamroller come at you. And I think conversely, when when we've seen in the past with the Leafs, with their inexperience sometimes, uh, with I think frankly poor coaching. Uh, in the playoffs with Bab- Babcock, I don't think he coached that great in in the in the Boston series. No. When they get on their heels and then they start throwing blending lines, and it's like, oh, they start when they are desperate, or at least in the past when they have been desperate, they look desperate. Mm-hmm. Their body language screams desperate. The way they play scheme seems desperate. There's there there. I was saying it about Joey Anderson. The first period uh, in game eighty two. Um, he looked like he was holding the stick too tight because somebody passed him the puck and I swear it went off his stick and then went to eye level and then back down again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, 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 they have in the past become frigid. Now, they've seen it all. Like the, the thing is, is that in the past, they were worried about losing. Mm-hmm. Well, they've lost now. Yeah. So now you know what losing is. I, I, I do think that the Leafs have a better shot than ever to, to, to get into the second round this year. But I think if you get if you let Tampa get into that game mm-hmm. and the Leafs conversely play on their heels a little bit, that's what happens. If this is what happens. The psyche, I think, is so much better oh. heading into this one. Yes. But if the Leafs are going to lose to Montreal, how is it going to happen? No, 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 no. How do you beat Tampa? And all the, all the off-ice shit, the how are they going to re-sign blank and blank and blue and blue. I've heard a fraction of that this year. Starting goaltender is an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a fraction of it. Everyone from the organization to the fans seem to have their eyes singularly focused on winning. Yes. Instead of losing. Yes. Instead of how can this go wrong? And I do think the players do kind of feed on that. Yep. Absolutely. So if the Leafs lose here, it's going to be a disaster. (laughs) Is it a disaster? No, the fans last year, there was so much apathy to the Leafs after they lost to Montreal. Do you remember that? How down everybody was on the Leafs during the summer? Where there's like, and when when we came back to training camp and people were like, ah, you guys fucking lost again. Oh, even the, the, the game one, the home opener. Oh, here's the Leafs. And we're all like, yeah, imagine they do it again. (laughs) I, I have to be honest. I can't because it's not going to happen. I think there was a couple of things that played into last year. Leafs were our only hope last year, especially in Ontario. We were locked down for like another two months after they were out. And I'm, I was like, well, if it's going to suck ass here and I can't get my vaccine. Meanwhile, the Americans are like, oh, we've got 14 of them. 
I just uh, went to the drugstore and bought one. Um, and we're all out and we're all having a good time. I, I, I felt like, it, you know, it was the beginning of May last year. It sucked to sit at home for another two months before they actually, like, lifted mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, and we, that gave you the opportunity. Well, I know, but that gave you the opportunity <laughs> to hyper-focus. Right. And that's why I don't know that necessarily this will be... Because I, I still feel like you lose to Tampa Bay. You still feel like, well, fuck, they were the defending Stanley Cup champions. And the Leafs did 115 points. This is a good team. But on the other side, you're supposed to say, ah, come back next year. Like, I, that, that I hate it. Sucks. I don't love it. It sucks. <laughs> but is it going to feel like Gosh. last year? I don't think so. I'm not there. Uh, I'm not there. You guys are talking about fantasy land. No, but you're it's, game it's, one. Still, it's still I'm, a possibility. No, it's, I'm not game one. I'm, I'm, I'm not focused on what's going to go wrong because it won't. There you go. Steve Dangle <laughs> from on high. Leafs will be Stanley Cup champions. Now, um, now, one more thing before we get into Winnipeg, because there's a couple of things to talk about there. Uh, Jesse has a big question for the show. Where's my donuts? Shit! It's <laughs> a good point. They are... Here, wait. I have a vision. I'm having another vision. <laughs> okay, right. They're going to be you here made, Wednesday. You made such a big deal about getting me to do the stupid bet when I, I was like, okay, I'm going to be right. And then you you lost. Here, wait. No, and I, then you never brought it up that you lost. And no. you didn't even buy the donuts. And you're not at the bet. You forgot the bet happened. No. You forced me into this, this bet. This is a very I'm sorry. One. What <laughs> happened? What happened is I forgot. But it's okay. <laughs> but I'm it's having okay. a vision of, uh, of Wednesday. Nostradangle. They're going to be here. Nostradangle says the donuts will be here Wednesday. Wow. Mm. Okay, that's all. Awesome. All right, all right. Because um, we made, we led, a, led the show with, oh, we'll make this bet. And then I was right, and we don't bring it up. Um, cool. I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not used to losing these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to say a quick congratulations to Dennis Bayak, who's a Winnipeg announcer, uh, who uh, 43 years is retiring, and he's going to spend more time with his wife. But I was just like, man, that is so heartwarming and lovely. So congratulations to Dennis on 43 incredible years in the game. We should all be so lucky. Uh, so I just thought that was really, really cool. Some some other Winnipeg headlines for today. The Jets have extended uh, Kevin Chevel Day off, according to a report. Um, three years. Three more years of Chevy. So um, that's not really the interesting part, uh, though. No offense, Chevy. Congrats on your extension. But um, let's talk about He's what... He's not listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes I hear stuff and I'm like, mm. uh, uh. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, let's talk about the three, three of the biggest names for the Jets and what they said after game 82, which they played Sunday afternoon. Oh, yeah. I saw like people are tweeting about a game and I'm like, what, what is this? It was a makeup oh, game. right. The Jets are playing the Kraken. It was the Blizzard game. So like, did anyone a, take a slap shot? Like, did anyone block shots? Didn't watch. I don't they know. shouldn't have. So Blake Wheeler, we'll, we'll start with Blake. He said, you know, we can no longer call ourselves contenders. I think we're one of those teams that's sort of a fringe playoff team now. It's up to everyone involved to look at the mirror and say, why? Why did we get to where we're at? Like I said, first and foremost, it's our responsibility as players to bring that type, that quality of play to the ice uh, that we have a chance to contend and compete for a championship. And to be fair to Blake, they have been contenders very recently. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and, you know, got into the second round last year. Mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely think that those maybe were, would have been somewhat special circumstances. I don't know in a, in a full league if that would have been the way it went. Mm -hmm. However, they still have Connor Hellebuck, who won a Vesna two years ago, and, mm -hmm. these, and these other great players. They uh, might have done better against Montreal if Mark Shifley hadn't got friggin' suspended for no good reason in game one. Paul Stasny. Uh, we've got to be held accountable. 
whether it's player on player, uh, and we've got to have more respect for each other. thought this was interesting, this quote. I know Shifley and Wheeler made all the, the headlines, but I thought this was interesting. When you don't have that, when you don't care about the teammate next to you, potentially, and you just care about what you're doing on certain individual things, that starts bleeding into the game. Play defense. And so, and then, and then the one that obviously made the most noise, and I think rightfully so, is Mark Shifley. Now, he talks a little bit about how bad the year was with COVID and missing the Olympics and how he'd actually forgotten about that and some other things. He's like, I'd like to forget this year. And he said about his future, I'd love to be in Winnipeg, but I also have to see where this is all going and what direction this team is going in. And I guess we'll see this summer. I'm in the prime of my career. I still have so much to improve on too. And I like where my game is at. I like the physical nature of where my body is at. I'm only improving. I'm only getting better. And I'm only going to be a better player next year than I was this year. I just have to know where this team is going and what direction, what the direction is and what changes there are going to be, if any. I have to think about my career and what's going to be best for me. Those are going to be talks with my agent and everyone in my family and stuff like that and figure out what I really want to do. So tomorrow, and he's referring to his meeting with Kevin Shevel Day off today, which you do at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow will be a tough talk. Oh, sorry. So it will be a tough talk tomorrow. And I wanted to just point this out before we get into this. Compare and contrast that to Paul Stasny. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, we, we shouldn't, you know, lambaste a player for being honest with their thoughts. But you have to understand, like, dude, uh, Lee, Lee fans have been, you know, clowning on Shifley at every opportunity because of the, hey, is there anything better than beating the Leafs? The most harsh criticism of Mark Shifley that I've read comes from Jets fans. Yes. And they're well aware. Yeah, they're well aware. And, like, can you imagine one of the Leafs saying that heading into the offseason, how we would react? No Jets fan wants to hear this shit. No Jets fan on planet Earth Wants to hear, well, you know, is it like things got slightly bad and I'm going to leave now? Yeah, God bless Alan, but no one, if a player ever brings up their agent, no one wants to hear that shit. <laughs> no one wants, oh, great, cool. This is going to be the story that dominates the summer for my team. Great. The Marsha cannot wait. The quote makes me laugh so much because Marsha should never play another game as a Winnipeg Jet. Why? Wow. He's done. He's done. He's done. Marshall Evely couldn't, he couldn't lead a dog to a tennis ball. You know, he couldn't lead a fish to water. You want more animal references? Yeah, please yeah, give me one more. Marshall's dog to a tennis saying. ball. Wow. Mar- 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 All right. He's not, he's not a leader for this team. And like, that's no. what he's... What makes you say that? Why is he not a leader for this team? I, I've never, I've never seen a situation in all his, uh, all his years in Winnipeg where it's been like Mark Shifley stood up for this team and he won this game. It's his tenure is over. Like I think they, what are you saying here? I think they've run their course with this core. They have th- this through this season. I think this is the tipping point here, and they all kind of know it. And Mark Shifley's done. If, if Mark you're Kevin Shevel Day off, it's time to move on. If Mark Shifley's name was Patrick Line, he'd be gone already. Yeah, he'd be gone already. All the negative portrayals of Patrick Line are exactly Mark Shifley as a player. They're exactly oh man, he's got a wicked shot. He can throw up the points. Man, this guy doesn't play a lick of defense. Which one of them am I talking about? I am talking about both. <laughs> but so, I'm talking about both, but uh, like that's exactly Shifley, but he's there. Right. So he's we, there and he's a part of the core and he's a part of the uh, 
the the leadership and he does all is the he, same Is he not shit. wearing an A on his yes. jersey? Yes. Pretty sure he is. Yeah, because the guy with the seat also does the same shit. Yeah. Blake Wheeler doesn't play defense. Neither they're the those two are the the biggest problems for the Jets, frankly. It's a lot of money wrapped up in a lot of offense, but not a lot of defense behind it. Yeah, that's so not like, a lot of strides beyond their own red line. We sat here for the last two months of the season pretending like, oh, you know, Stifley's great for this organization. He's a good player and everything. No. He's gonna play out the string. No, it's it's over. Like we saw it. This is it. This is what they are now. And if you're a good GM, you'd move on because you can read the tea leaves. And it's that I hope they had their great conversation today because this quote from yesterday. So the talk would have been today. And I hope he told Kevin Sheveldayoff, I know what I am here now. And it's mm-hmm. t- I'm done. You know what gets me about this one, too, what? is like I know he's on he's got two more years left on his deal. But you chose to sign a long term deal here mm-hmm. with and this team. So no, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> He's got two years left. Yeah, yeah. That? He's calling it quits. Twenty two, twenty three, and twenty three, twenty four. Oh my god, it that's so much worse. He's calling it quits. And he's oh, got a. By the way, he's gone. In the last four years of his deal, it's an eight year deal. He has modified no trade, so he actually gets to decide partially who he goes to. Oh wow. This summer is gonna be. <laughs> holy shit! If you're the Winnipeg Jets, you gotta hope for a miracle in the draft lottery because if if you don't get that pick, and the hard thing would be a nightmare. The hard thing because of the way Winnipeg signed this contract, and I. Listen, Winnipeg's ownership is fabulously wealthy. So I don't think that they, but I don't, I don't see them doing what the Leafs have done, which is pay a bunch of money up front in bonuses. And then if you need to jettison the guy later on in his contract, <laughs> there's <laughs> like a $1 million base salary so that, you know, the Coyotes can take him later on. You know, Shifley doesn't have that. You know, this year, his real money was 6750 Next year, it's five and a half. And next, in the year after that, it's $6 million. Now, the NHL Very has appealing. recovered largely in terms of money. Uh, so they're fine, but the reality is that it does make it a little bit. There's a little bit of a hitch with that, and and I I, I do have to wonder, like when you have Stasny coming on, Stasny's towards the end of his career, saying uh, when you don't care about the team next uh, teammate next to you potentially, and you just care about what you're doing or certain individual things that starts bleeding into the game. Does and that then, not sound pointed? And then here's what <laughs> I still have. Uh, uh, I'm in the prime of my career. I like where my body is at. I'm only improving. I'm only getting better, and I'm only going to be a better player next year than I was this year. I need to know where the team is going and what direction. Mark, you are the direction of the team. Where you and Blake Wheeler go, so go the Jets. And I'll include Connor Hellebuck in that because, duh. Yeah. But the three of you are the Winnipeg Jets. You're the core. If he was Czech or Russian or Swedish and saying this in the media... He'd be getting lit up like the 4th of July. Uh, but he's a Canada boy, Mark Shifley. And he ain't getting- I, I had a, seri- I have a real question. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to denigrate here. But because of the liability defensively, Canada has offense. Is Mark Shifley an Olympian? Fucks no! You, I can't believe we ever talked about him potentially making Team Canada. Cannot believe it. Like the the way the season evolved, Jesus, no, no, no. Could they win with him? Absolutely, it's Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Should he? No, absolutely not. No, not even close. You a fringe? What fringe player doesn't play D? I would easily take uh, Andrew Mangiapane or someone like that over him. Someone who actually kills penalties and gives a fuck. <laughs> gives a shit every time they hit the ice no matter what part of the ice they're on 
the part where they skate or the part where they glide. No. <laughs> to make the Olympic team for any country, let alone Canada, you got to play a full 200-foot game, and he absolutely doesn't. Now, this isn't to say he's going to be a failure the rest of his career. No, he's still a point-of-game player, still a weapon. The Leafs made the mistake of not acquiring Phil Kessel, building around Phil Kessel. This is our guy. We're going to build the team around him. That was a mistake. Then he goes to Pittsburgh, and he's third, fourth, or fifth fiddle, and they win back-to-back cups. And he was spectacular in both runs. And he was spectacular. I think that's exactly... Mark Shifley could be that for somebody. Yeah, Mark Shifley is a very talented hockey player, and I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be traded next year, but if you're the Winnipeg Jets, you've built a system here where you're building around Mark Shifley, and that's not the way you can run a hockey team. No. He's a very selfish hockey player in the way he plays. He's not, he doesn't play a team game, and if he's in a different role, like Steve said, it's a very successful, uh, it can be a very successful team, but that's not what it is right now, and Everything Mark Shifley's done in his career has backed up that point. And I think if you're a good GM, you move on. But Mark Shifley might as well. He could come back as a Winnipeg Jack next year. And that's a mistake if you're still building around him. But if he doesn't come back as a Winnipeg Jet, where is he going and why is it Pittsburgh? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> sure. No kidding. We're all thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. Now, now, as soon as you brought up Castle, I'm like, oh, that might be a good fit. Now, mm-hmm. the reason I wanted to I want to bring this up, too, is he's, you know, he wants to know about the direction of the team. And I think that's fair. Like, if you're a, if you're a core member of a team. Of course, you want to know where the direction of the team is, especially Absolutely. if the teams come on, come down a little bit. Absolutely. So, so let's look at the 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 makeup of the seventeen Winnipeg Jets that went toe to toe with Vegas for the or was it the 18? 18. 2018 Winnipeg Jets that went toe to toe with Vegas uh, to to go to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, Vegas didn't exist in twenty. That's right. So they were 2017, yeah. 2018. Yeah, that team was probably <laughs> the best Jets team we've seen. Ever. It, oh, Mark Andre Fleury like ruined. The, their window entirely. right it was it was and that should have been that way for like three more years mark andre Fleury and covid and everything else it was the most lopsided five game victory ever in favor of the team that lost yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's just mark andre Fleury and and his merry men now what's different about that jets team what's different about the jets team now to the jets team then what changed bufflin and bufflin and truba Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. I yes, mean, Myers yes. was a part of it, but I think it was Buffalo and Truba. The, oh, uh, they had a formidable right side. They were, where Myers didn't have to do everything because he can't. There was Buffalo who is like legitimately freight train. Like there's two there's two players in the league who stand out physically, and it's Zidane Chara and Dustin Bufflin. One because they're the tallest player ever. One because they're the heaviest player ever. Yeah. And and they were they were ridiculous. And then Truba, a young Truba back there as well and the jets lost them all in one fell swoop they did one summer mm-hmm. that's and, which that's wild how do you recover from that and and still connor hellebuck i think a couple years later or one year later is able to put in a vesna caliber performance and drag the team up but i think i think the thing about the jets at that point and the reason that you know some of the warts that would have come into blake wheeler and mark shifley's game defensively at that time is that when you have defense like that you don't have to play it as much Mm, that's fair. And those guys, those those were, I mean, I know Blake Wheeler's a bit older, but those were their sort of like formidable coming into my prime years. And, you know, I, I, I wonder if they've taken a step back and realized, like Blake Wheeler said, we got to look ourselves in the mirror. Have they taken a step back and looked, how has the team changed around me? And how do I, the core of this team, change to help the team move forward? I just don't believe it. Um, with him and Shifley because there are players who are defensively inept 
right? Like I love. They're take, just not good at it. They're just not good at it because they make the wrong decisions. Like I love taking a screenshot. You know, the Leafs get scored on. I go, okay, they're not moving anyone from in front of the net. All five guys are on this side of the ice, and they're <laughs> and they're all puck watching. Mm-hmm. That is not laziness. That's not sloth. That's just they were inept. On not that play. not great systems and 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 maybe not focused. Or Systems something. fine. What coach tells them to do that? <laughs> all five of you get over there. Like, that's fair. What's a okay, key? All right, all of you. All right, one, two, three, Timbits. Like no one says to do that. One, two, three, all of you follow the puck. Like you're five. Like, <laughs> Adherence to the system, I suppose, is what I meant. Right. Yes. I don't see that with Shifley and I would Wheeler. argue the best hockey in the world happens in between the NHL game. When the the little kids come, oh, out. it's the oh, most yeah. entertaining. Yeah. My boy's gonna play <laughs> in the big league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. that is inept. When NHL teams play the way that the teams at intermission do, <laughs> what I see with Shifley and Wheeler when I see their low lights, it's not oh they're out of position. Oh Matthews lost his man. Oh this. Oh that. It's it's okay. Here's the play going back to the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Here's Shifley's last stride at the red line. Here's the puck going in. Right. And we saw it even when they beat the Leafs. Yeah. And they, he, that was the highlight of their year. And he skated after he skated on the defensive side of the red line once and he got suspended for it last year. So, oh, you know what? I'm going to clobber that guy after he scores. Like, uh, absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, oh, man. As a team, we got to look in the mirror and we got to, we got to, we got to. Mm-hmm. You know what? A, l- a little bit of Catholic guilt, a little bit of shame, I would like to see. But I, I also believe they call that accountability. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see some a- accountability there because, uh, listen, are the Jets a wonderfully constructed team? I thought they were going to be better than this. Yeah, I think they're in flux. I think, I think they're in say. flux. I think they're the sort of team that can fight their way into the playoffs and then overachieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- their best players have flaws that are too big to overcome. Unless for, you have all-star caliber defense. Which you don't. Right. So what will be interesting to see is, is you know, obviously you want to hang on to Connor Hellebuck, but if you do move on from a guy like Mark Shafley, they could bring in some really young, great talent to this organization which has traditionally thrived on developing it. I think there's a hockey trade to be had there, too. Absolutely. They don't need to rebuild. They need to retool. Yeah. There's a lot of pieces there. Yeah, They're fine. Uh, Uh, And, like, man, has there been a real roadblock for their young guys getting in the lineup and staying there? I I think they got to really build around them. Um, uh, Oh, my God. uh, Vinny Heinola. Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting his, his full name. And uh, and uh, Cole Perfetti, mm, Cole mm-hmm. Perfetti. Uh, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna look at Shifley and be like, oh God, who's gonna score our goals for us now? Uh, that young man. <laughs> um, 